I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct, but most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 This is Straight out of Vegas with the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. I heard someone on one of those, I think it was called the Hoop Collective podcast, where someone was doing an AJ, I was calling it. He, it they were talking about the Minnesota uh, uh, Memphis series, and the guy says, I told you, I told you Minnesota was going to do well in that series. I told you. He goes, now, I did pick Memphis to win in seven, <laughs> but I, I wanted to pick Minnesota. And as of now, I like Minnesota. I told you. It was like, what? It was, no matter what would happen, he'd be just fine. 
which means he's said nothing. And, you know, that's fine. You can say nothing, but you can't take a victory when you say nothing. That's a good, you can't win if you don't bet, and you can't take a victory if you don't say anything or nothing. <laughs> Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans listen to no more than their buddy. Though sometimes he tries to double-sided. He is the fan who beats the man, AJ <laughs> Thanks, RJ. The two favorites for NBA MVP find themselves on opposite ends of a 2-0 series start. And the top two seeds in the East and or the top seeds in the East and West look to go up 2-0 tonight. What's the Vegas lead? I'm gonna start. We're gonna do a lot of NBA today. Though I do have a Sam Darnold. I, oh, Sam, I knew you'd talk about this. Uh, I got to tell you something. Sam Darnold's like, I bet he's a great guy. I, you know, I, I don't think I've ever felt bad for someone I've ripped because they're usually, you know, millionaires. That, not saying you should be unfairly ripped because you got money. But if you got money and you deserve it, you probably should get it. You know, some heat. But I'm starting to feel bad for him. So I'll say I don't blame him for this. But but what's going on with that, that McAdoo in the state, it was like it's a clown show. And there's one of the smartest billionaires like in the country, in the world that runs that's the owner. And I've seen nothing but bad moves from Carolina since he bought him. I'm thinking of trying to compete with his hedge against his hedge fund, maybe. Maybe I was just <laughs> that might be the up. move. We'll get to that. But in the NBA. Let's start with Golden State because we were in pre-production talking about it and we said, what did we miss? Because for two, I've never seen, I don't think I've seen a team reevaluated more quickly where Golden State entering the playoffs was, man, when this season started, uh, they were hot. They could have been a contender to, yeah, but, you know, things, there's just not that team now. That was the narrative and then two games later, this is like a team on even footing with Phoenix in some eyes. Let's start with the transition, the evolution of Golden State. The Golden State Warriors overcome an early deficit, blow out the Denver Nuggets, 126-106, covering as seven-point favorites, take a 2-0 lead in that series. Okay, so McKenzie, I'll give you a second on this. We're going to look at the odds the day before, the title odds, day before the playoffs till now. But then we're going to try to explain why this upgrade, because there's a lot of teams up 2-0. There's a lot of teams that cover the first two. You know, if, if Miami covers tonight, they're going to be up 2-0. They're going to have covered both. There's not going to be a major reevaluation. So, McKenzie, let's start there. Odds before the playoffs, the odds now two games later. Golden State was 9-1 to before the playoffs. They're now plus 550. Okay, now think about that. Plus 900 to plus 550 in a first-round playoff series that was almost not certain, but they were a prohibitive favorite to advance because there's two ways a team that does well or poorly can be upgraded or downgraded. Way number one is the simple mathematics of the playoff rounds. So let's use Brooklyn as an example. When Brooklyn was in the play-in tournament, there was some chance they were going to be bounced before the playoffs. So you have to, whatever you thought their title odds would be if they were in the 16-team field, you've got to downgrade that based upon the chances of them not even making it. Right? And let's say it was a one-and-done just to keep it simple. And let's say they had a 50% chance to win the last game, the game to play in. So if you thought their odds would be 7-1, to one, if they got in, 
you'd have to make them 14 to 1 when there's one game to go to get in if that's a 50-50 game, right? If you have a chance to get in, and if you get in, there's 7 to 1, you're going to be 14 to 1. Now, that's not counting VIG or whole percentage, but generally. So when a team like Golden State wins two games out of a four-game series in the first round, you're going to upgrade them because the chances of advancing increase. But their chances to advance were massive or significant anyway. So before uh, take a, if you need a second with this, before the this series started, what was Golden State's chance to advance? Uh, you know, entering the playoffs to advance the first round, and what's their chance now? And just tell me when you have that, McKenzie. Seventy three percent. Go ahead. They had seventy three percent chance to start the series to advance to the second round. They are now at ninety three percent. Okay, so think about that. When you're three out of four to advance anyway, now you're nine out of ten. Yeah, you went up 15 or so percentage points. That's meaningful, but not that meaningful when you have to go four rounds. So to go from nine to one to win it all to five and a half to one means that you're having the second way you can be adjusted, which is the team is upgraded. The team's basic level of play has been deemed to be much better than we thought after two games. How was that, AJ? Well, and I, I think, you know, if you look at the Sixers, who are also up 2-0, they went from 16-1 to to 13-1, to so not nearly the same percentage of adjustment. And, and I would and, make and the case, I'm, I would make the case you've got to be mighty impressed with Philly, because in that series, absolutely. at minimum, that was almost a coin flip series. It was, what, minus 170. So, and, and home court's worth minus 140, so they were saying Toronto was almost an equal team to Philly, and now they win two straight games, you would think that'd be a bigger upgrade. If anything, that adjustment for Philly almost says there's no upgrade to them intrinsically, but rather it's just the math of the series is. So it's a great comparison. Yeah, and, and if you're saying, well, of course they won, so they're going to change. The T-Wolves are up 1-0 in the series. They opened 70-1. to They're now 80-1. to So it's not an automatic, well, they won a game. Let's change the odds. Is that That is right? a massive adjustment for the Warriors. Yeah. I don't even understand how that could be, though. It is, it's fascinating to me. Yeah. So, Mackenzie, we'll check that one during the break because what sometimes happens is if we have a different pool of sports books – because what we do is we do a shop consensus. Now, what does that mean? It means we try to replicate what a typical better would do. Now, what's a typical better going to do? Now, if he's smart at all, he or she, they're going to have at least three outs, right? And that's a good advice for you. If you just have one place to bet, it's hard to win. And some people estimate that professional bettors who win, that half of it is their good picks, and half of it is their ability to get a lot of places to bat and, and aggressively shopping lines. I think that being spread 50-50 is pretty accurate. So now one thing a better has to do is decide how seriously he's taking it. And if you're going to take it as a recreational fun thing, that's fine. Just know that and bet an amount that's recreational. And maybe you're not going to have 20 outs, right? We always joke with Fezzik, he has like 27 outs, but it's really not that far off. He has a lot of outs, and that's a big reason that professional bettors win is a lot of outs. Now, a guy with a full-time job, a family, he's not going to have 20-some outs. We think three is the, not the bare minimum, but the bare minimum if you're going to take it seriously. And thus, we pick three books, and then we say, what's the best odds for each team at any of those three books? 
because if you don't have three books, you're really not taking it too seriously. But if you do have three and you bet a team to win a title, you're going to bet at the best odds, right? You're not going to bet at the lesser odds. And that's when we do the odds. We take three books, take the best for each team out of those three, and that's the representative line. I think it's a great approach. Now, what happens sometimes is because a given book might not have the odds posted at that time that we're doing the uh, audit or looking at the odds, that we'll throw in a fourth book. But go ahead, AJ. You got something? Uh, uh, no, I was, I was going to ask about – I was going to go back to the Warriors and ask, I think, what the audience is probably wondering. Does this mean the Warriors were undervalued when the playoffs started or overvalued now? <sighs> well, that's a very metaphysical question. Because if we assume that there was a right answer that God would know, then they could uh, – the theory would be that the last two games has shown us something that we couldn't see but was always there, right? That's the whole thing. Now, as time passes, things can evolve. But in general, I don't think Golden State's any different as a team today as they were a week ago. It's just we are seeing something different in them. So I don't know exactly how to answer your question, but does that answer it for you? Maybe you can answer your own question with that. Well, I was going to say, if, if Ben Simmons comes back in Game 3 and Game 3 and Game 4, the Nets look like world beaters, obviously there's going to be a big jump in their odds. So maybe this is just a, a, a reaction to what we've seen most recently, even yeah. though we knew they would, you know. But with the Ben Simmons thing... That would be a fundamental change in the team. Because we haven't actually ever seen that before. And well, we, have, never we have seen this. It's, it's, never, it's yeah. not that we haven't seen it. It's a, it hasn't existed to see. Right? So that is different. I mean, obviously, if Michael Jordan was traded to a team, they get better. The day Jordan said, I'm back, right? Even though they didn't win it that year when he was playing baseball or whatever. And I think that was the 94 95 season. That, that was fundamentally, Chicago became a different team. So, but let's go back to Golden State because let's break into, let's dig into what we've seen and what it represents. First, though, Mackenzie, did was that that adjustment with uh, Minnesota was that the same group of books? Yes, and several books like DraftKings took them higher. Pinnacle, a sharp book, fifty-five to one. Yesterday, 55 to 1 today. But I wonder if it's because Golden State would be the Timberwolves' next opponent has looked so good that some of these books have dropped their odds over the last couple of days. That's interesting. But I mean, if you are an, a significant underdog in a series like Minnesota was and is, and you win one of four games, that is massively meaningful. And maybe right at the end of this segment, you can tell us what the odds of Minnesota advancing was before the series and what it is now. But first, let's go into the Golden State specifics. And AJ, we were talking again in pre-production. What did we miss? What's your main thought on what Golden State has shown us that is the cause of this optimism? I think that we've all we all remembered. Wow, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry. These guys played together. They won a championship, together, but we haven't seen it in a long, long time. I think seeing these guys and seeing them with fresh legs for the first time in a long time. You remember, none of these guys played a full season this year. They they should be, you know, I, it, theoretically well rested, and they look fantastic. So we're remembering suddenly. Oh wow. These guys were these guys were winning championships before with these as the three best players on the team. It's not wild to think that they could come back and do it again if they're all healthy. And I see I disagree with what you're saying a little bit. I think we could all envision what Steph 
and Clay and Draymond, how they would play together, because we saw them play together pre-Durant. But what any basketball fan knows is that they were much younger then, just that simple math, but also that they had a great supporting cast. The depth on that team. Um, who was the uh, – I'm having – Harrison a Barnes. Well, Barnes for sure, Iggy. But the big guy um, is who I'm forgetting, the Australian dude. Andrew that, Bogut. Yeah, Bogut. Andrew Bogut. Yeah, Bogut. I mean, that that was a team that, that we're calling the big three now from that. But, man, hold on a sec. They were deep. And up until – and again, this is where I think it's the the Jordan Poole situation. The, the depth on this team, there was a lot of potential, a lot of you know high draft choices, uh, but it, it really wasn't a playoff reality. And I think what we've seen with Poole is this is a guy that's not only elite or seemingly elite. We got small sample size, but seemingly elite. But he's interchangeable with the two guards, Clay and Steph. And thus, what you can see here is any combination of Poole, Clay, and Steph is going to be effective out there. And that means that the, the and then you can segue into the death lineup, the small lineup. Man, there's a lot of flexibility. And if there's anything I've learned about the NBA playoffs, you got to have different chess moves. You can't, you got to have a knight on the board, a bishop on the board to extend the analogy. You want to be as flexible as possible because you're going to meet different teams and there's going to be different calls for different or necessities for different kind of lineups. And it seems like Golden State with Steve Kerr, an underrated coach, an elite coach. It seems like Golden State is fully loaded to do anything to, co- to compete against any kind of team. And your point, and it's your credit to this, AJ, was very well said regarding their fatigue factor, meaning Steph had just missed over a month. He's, his legs are fairly rested. And what did we see before he got tired early in the year? His first like six or eight weeks was as good as anyone's ever played in the NBA. Like he really was a leading MVP candidate. Then he got tired and it went straight down, or at least it seems like he got tired. He is healthy and and, and rested fairly right now. Now you look at Clay, he's been resting for two years. So, I mean, to some degree, he's been coming back and rehab, but he's not going to be super tired like it's been multiple seasons of playing late into the year. And then you look at Draymond. He looks to be in a lot better shape. I just saw him in a press conference. He looks in better shape than he was you know, in prior years recently. And, and Paul's young. So the theory is these big players, they're all – none of them are tired. Yeah, and I, and I, you haven't even mentioned Andrew Wiggins, who was, wasn't a part of that first iteration of this team that won those championships, but has been a nice addition, a guy who had a, a seemingly unlimited ceiling and who looks like he's starting to meet some of his potential and is only 27 years old, so he's not tired. He's carried them through some of these times this season where they've been without a lot of these key guys. We are straight out of Vegas. I'm R.J. Bell. That's A.J. Hoffman. Mackenzie Rivers, NBA expert, joins. Mackenzie, we're about ready to wrap on Golden State. Do you think there's anything about and, – and, again, obviously, I, I guess maybe we should spend a minute, and we'll let Mackenzie do this, talking about Denver. Now, let's not lose sight of something, okay? It is obvious that Denver's disappointing right now, and – it's obvious that a lot of people would be thinking, huh, the Joker, yeah, he got the MVP last year, but this is really going to solidify. He, it's Embiid, baby, all the way. Well, in truth, it's unrelated. The Monday after 
the regular season finale, so the day after the regular season ended, the MVP votes were deadlined to be submitted. They've all been submitted. And we had some odds as of yesterday, and Mackenzie, you can share these. What was Jokic's chance to win the MVP, and the odds were? Minus 2,000 for Jokic to win the MVP. So $20 to win a dollar. $100 gets you a Subway sandwich. It's almost a sure thing the Joker's going to win the MVP. And, man, the timing is not going to be good. When's that get announced? In, in, after the finals, there's a June uh, ceremony. They don't announce it until after. That's the ceremony, but is that when it's announced? I no, don't I, have to think, get, I have to get that. Yeah. I think it's before that because they announced Defensive Player of the Year last year. Let me grab that. Last week, yeah. So, which was, again, the, that was interesting. The first guard since Gary Payton in the, I think, 97, 98. So that's amazing, actually, and, and quite a testament. And you got to wonder if the Celtics are going to be, you know, buoyed by that. Is that going to be energizing for that team? And tomorrow, uh, game two against Brooklyn. But, Yoki, this is a regular season award, and uh, the MVP. But when I look at Denver, I'm thinking some of this is fatigue. We were looking at Golden State and saying they are rested. They're not tired. And I would make the case that when you're Jokic and you're carrying this team with some, you know, fill-in type talent around you and you get all the way to the point that you don't even have to play the play in. But there was a sense, and I got caught up in it a little bit, a sense that Murray would come back, a sense that others would come back. And then, you know, Murray tweeted out, Hey, I really want to be out there. And anyone thinks otherwise, you're wrong, man. Well, he wouldn't tweet that unless he was feeling it, unless it was whispers. Hey, where's Murray? What's going on here? It's been a year. And I don't know. It's been a year. There is a sense. Where is he? I can't. I mean, I'm in no position to talk about someone's physical ailment, how his knee feels. I had a twisted ankle once it took uh, six months later, still felt twisted. (laughs) But I didn't. That's the truth. But I didn't have. It was a high ankle sprain, though. But I didn't. The doctor said it would be better if you had broken it. I said, that doesn't sound good. But the fact (laughs) the fact of the matter is, I think that there has to be an emotional letdown to some degree that if you think if. If I can just carry these bags to this finish line, then the help comes and you get to the finish line and there's no help anywhere. And it's like, okay, you got to carry them another 20 yards. I don't know. I don't see Denver necessarily coming back from this, AJ. What do you think? No, I, I, I'm having a hard time picturing it as well. I think the, the lineup that the Warriors have gone with has been just problematic for Denver. And the way the officials are calling this series, you saw Jokic get frustrated last night, got himself ejected for it. He's not getting the calls he wants. There's a lot of fouls being called on him. It's a Warriors-type series. And I, I, like you said, I, I think Jokic is tired from carrying this team for a whole season. This is not a playoff roster without him on it. And it, it's obvious right now the Warriors clearly clicking it all it, on all cylinders and the the nuggets just running out of steam all right so let's do this let's take our first break when we come back we'll get any of the open questions that we had asked we'll clean those up make sure we got all the numbers around it and then we're going to shift to philadelphia because here's a team in the 76ers you got james harden and the biggest trade of the year a lot of pessimism but don't forget this is a team that really was barely considered better than toronto entering this round, and they've dominated. Is there cause for optimism in Philadelphia? 
Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a new podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? Along with my fellow Pro Bowler, TJ Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it, Up On Game. We're going to be sharing our real-life experiences loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up On Game with me, LeVar Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct, but most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.